Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Hope you all are doing great. This is another episode of the Better Pleasure Podcast by Running Light Ministries. And my name is Bo. I'm Peter. And this is episode number 123. Yes. We just keep going. <laughs> and uh, that's right. You could check out our podcast on our website uh, at betterpleasure.org or runninglight.org. Or you might be checking out this podcast on our Facebook page at Running Light Ministries. And if you are checking it out on our SoundCloud, because some people find us on SoundCloud, and we definitely appreciate that. Or if you're on the iTunes uh, platform. We thanks thanks for tuning in. This might be a little different than you think. We are two ministers that are going to be talking about sex, love, and lust, and the Bible. And we enjoy a lot of, I would say, pop culture for sure. Yeah. We love to go over articles and kind of break them down and love to talk about porn. And, you know, we uh, definitely aren't shy with that topic. These are things that we have definitely delved into in major ways over the years and uh, this ministry uh, has been actually going on for a number of years probably close to 15 plus so mm. anyway here we go 123 peter is gonna kick us off <laughs> so there's been a lot of controversy in the news i think it started about last week um, but there's a professor, uh, I'll give you the name in a second, but a professor from a university called Old Dominion University. I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah, Old Dominion. Okay, you have. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. <coughs> is it pretty well respected? Yeah, certainly is. I mean, it's a uh, Old Dominion's like uh, sporting events. I've seen Old Dominion play, like I think in basketball. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's apparently Norfolk, Virginia, but they have an assistant professor on there that is on administrative leave. So I'm I'm going to read this article. It's from wavy.com, you know, but you could this uh the basics of this article are basically on every major news network this week. Okay. So this is a pretty big story. Yes. And uh like like Bo said, our take on it might be a little bit different than a lot of people that are talking about it right now. Uh-oh. So, uh this guy at Old Dominion University, he is on administrative leave after a strong public reaction over their research on people who are attracted to children prompted safety concerns on campus. Old Dominion made the announcement in a statement Tuesday night saying Dr. Alan Walker, this is that uh, professor, had been placed on leave effective immediately from their position as assistant professor of sociology and criminal justice. Walker's research on pedophilia and people who have sexual attraction to children recently gained national attention, both in the local community and on the Internet. Walker's research called for change in the way we refer to minor attracted persons. So that's what he believes we should call pedophiles. So this is a difference. So he's making a distinction. Pedophiles, according to this professor, would be people who have attraction to minors and act on them. And minor attracted persons are people who have attraction to minors but don't act on them. Uh, <laughs> so, this is awesome. Yeah. The professor said using a different term for the people doesn't indicate anything about the morality. Now, this is a key sentence here, and we're going to talk about this. Uh, it doesn't indicate anything about the morality of the attraction, but differentiates between these people from those who actually sexually abuse children, which Walker does say is wrong. 
In addition, Walker said by understanding more about the group of people, society can better protect children from abuse. So let's just start there. What are your initial ah, thoughts? My initial thoughts are, of course, it always goes back to this, but like, what is, first of all, the standard? My first thought is like, what's the big deal? Right. You know, that's, I guess, my first thought is, okay, what's the problem? Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, a person wants to have intimacy with younger people. Um, okay. Um, and, right. you know, so that's my first thought is like, okay, what's well, the standard? We're talking about life under the sun, <laughs> right? There's, <laughs> yeah. there's no reason why people should be opposed to this. And, and actually, this is interesting. Christians, way back when there was... Uh, uh, push for uh, more broad strokes of homosexuality and same-sex attraction, things like that, of praising it and accepting it. A lot of Christians were saying, eventually we're going to get to the place where pedophilia is becoming normalized. Yeah. And when people push back, they're like, well, there's actually a, a lot of precedent for pedophilia, <laughs> considering the fact that it's widely practiced today, right? It's yeah. not, it's all not something all over the world. Uh, it's only really the West that's kind of stigmatized it. But even when you go into, I remember I was watching, I, I, I do like anime. You know, I do like some animes and I know you've seen some through your, your son, Bo James. But uh, I remember watching this anime and it was one of my first kind of forays into this genre of uh, film and TV shows. And in an episode, there was a 12 year old girl who was being sexualized. Like, she wasn't being raped or anything, mm -hmm. but they depict her in her underwear, and it's clearly like a very sensual scene. And I, I went to talk to one of my friends who is really into Japanese culture and into anime. I was like, dude, what's going on here, man? Like, is, is this okay in Japan? And he's like, yeah, the age of consent there is 14, you know? So the idea of, of them being sexualized this young is not too weird. And, I, you know, I've spoken about my time in Afghanistan where – uh, being 12 year olds being married off is not too uncommon and throughout history actually uh, pedophilia was very much widely practiced so uh, I guess I, I'll put this question to you see if you got a cool answer for it uh, as Christians why do we think that pedophilia is wrong considering the fact that there is no explicit passage that says it's wrong yeah, it's a good question. And first of all, when you use the word pedophilia, um, we have to define what that it means. Right. You know, before we answer the question, because the bottom line is the Bible. Uh, if you define pedophilia as old and young, then uh, and say it's like if you're saying like a 15 or 14 year old, say woman with a 25, 35 year old man. Well, then we got some pedophilia to talk about in the scripture, right? I mean, if that's what if that's how we're defining pedophilia, you know, but the biblical idea would always be the idea of <laughs> love, agape love, consent, of course, is included in agape love. Um, uh, of course, you can't have agape love and have rape, yeah. you know, have coercion or self-seeking mm. or these kind of things. So, you know, y you know, the idea of being with someone and thinking, hey, this isn't about me per se. What is the best for the person that I'm wanting to marry? Mm. You know, is this the right thing to do for them? Um, 
I certainly can see certain situations um, where an older man say it would be beneficial for the the younger woman to be married to him in a certain cultural framework right um, and I, I'm just saying like if that framework if the young girl would be more susceptible to rape culture mm. um, um, then it would be advantageous in a loving act right. for her to be with an older man who can take care of her, protect her, protect her. Right. You know, but then, then again, there's that, uh, there's that, there's that idea of loving, you know, thinking about her, thinking about what's best. But, you know, when, you know, a Christian is not just going off of the sexual animalistic in instincts right. of going, man, dude, I want to have sex with a 15 year old. Right. You know, that is not <laughs> a <laughs> biblical um, idea. Right. It, it's not a God thing. Now, uh, this is kind of an interesting thing. So when I said that pedophilia is widely practiced throughout the world today and it's always been practiced, um, that's true and it's not true. <laughs> and this is something that's important. Every culture has their own definition of pedophilia. And in every culture pedophilia is stigmatized so for instance if i were to go to japan yeah they would sexualize a teenager but they would not do that to a two-year-old right you're not going to see it being acceptable to have sexual intimacy with a three-year-old or a four-year-old that's not going to be happening in japan or afghanistan there's always going to be an age where people are going to draw a line and say mm. no that's too young now the way that the culture understands what's too young usually has a lot to do with what Bo's talking about. Consent. Are they old enough to understand what's going on? Is this going to damage them? Uh, right? Obviously, if you have a full-grown adult having sex with a still-developing child, that's going to be damaging to them in their development. And obviously, we would look at Romans chapter 13, love does no harm to its neighbor. So obviously, if my sexual action on somebody is going to actually cause physical damage, like seriously injure them, yeah. then clearly that's not going to be something that is loving. That's not going to be something that's a loving act. No. Um, now, Bo bringing that up, I think that is, again, something that a lot of Christians don't really think about as to why in America we do look at like 15 and stuff like that as being too young. And this is true for, by the way, boys and girls. Some people bring up pedophilia as being like a male problem. But it's really not. There's, I even remember in high school, there was an increasing number of women who were being attracted to minor boys and teachers have, coursing male students into having sex with them. Uh, now, obviously, that kind of sexual encounter is going to be less violent than a male having sex with someone who is still in puberty or something like that. But it's still nonetheless going to be considered by our culture to be pedophilia. Now, the main reason that we do stigmatize it in our culture is because when you have someone who's a teenager, especially in our culture, where teenagers in most cultures, by the way, it's only in the West that there's this idea, the, the, the teenage prepubescent years. Uh, in most other cultures, when you're a teenager, you're an adult, right? That's why in Jewish culture, when's the bar mitzvah? When you're 13, right? When you're 13 in Jewish culture, you're a man. Like you're gonna start working you're going to start providing. You're going to start doing things. Uh, but in the West, we don't have that idea. We have this idea of these, these teenage years 
where people are still developing. Now, we could talk about whether we agree with that or not, but in a culture that doesn't consider teenagers adults, then we have to say that we don't consider teenagers to be capable of true consent because true consent is something that adults do. That's someone who is already able to work, able to provide for themselves, able to take care of themselves, and therefore make their own decisions. Um, so in cultures where people were considered adults as teenagers, they can consent then. Yeah, and some, some ancient cultures, they relied on the parents' consent. Right, and the parents' consent was huge in ancient cultures. Even look in the Bible, uh, you had to have the dad's consent to marry uh, a woman. If you didn't, you couldn't marry her. Mm. That was really, really key within the biblical context. So the parent consenting was really key, meaning the parent acting as a protector for their child. Uh, and by the way, the dad was going to be the guy who's going to go to bat for his daughter if something went wrong in the marriage, right? If the guy was cheating on her or abusing her, it was going to be the dad who was going to go to bat before the judges, which is really interesting. Yeah. But uh, all that to say, this is just looking at the idea of consent. Why do we at the West say teenage years are not okay? Pedophilia is not okay. And it's from these principles that we get from the Bible. Consent is important. Love is important. Considering physical damage to the female is important. Which, by the way, uh, ha- having sex as a teenager is not damaging, right? Teenagers are having sex all the time, but usually with one another. But having teenagers having sex is not damaging. But there has been studies that having kids as a teenager can be damaging to the female body. Uh, if you are not fully, like, fully, fully developed, which for a female body, it's usually around 15, 16. But even then, it's recommended to be around 18, 19 that girls start having kids because there can be some physical damage. So all these kind of come into play for the Christian when they're thinking, what age should we say is okay yeah. for uh, an adult male to have sex with a female yeah, or vice versa? Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, um, you know, we have a lot of pornography that is very um, what people call pseudo child porn or, right. you know, barely legal. Yeah, barely legal. It's huge. You know, it's stuff like that. One of the like biggest that. genres. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people even talked about, um, you know, shaving genitalias. Uh, this is this was a big argument in the 70s with a- Andrea Dworkin, mm. uh, but she would always talk about, you know, the shaving of genitalia. Uh, for uh, a woman, he she would talk about is basically pedophilia. Right. It was wanting them to look young, you know, the young, you know, to rape the young woman, kind of thing, you know, to rape the young girl, uh, that kind of thing. Um, uh, I'm d- not getting into the arguments on that note, um, even though I could. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, so w- you know, we live in a culture where certainly. Um, you know, we know that humans have the ability to be attracted to young people. Right. And and that we that it is something that is in our minds because porn is just a reflection of things of us as human beings. It's produced by humans. Right. So it's already in us. So obviously we're not producing something that's not in us. We're producing things that are coming from our mind. And so these are things that are already in our world, in our minds. This is what we think. Um, And so, you know, now it's just, okay, um, what is right culturally? Um, You know, and I think you brought up a really cool thing is that usually when pedophilia is 
talked about usually it's it's that old you know you think of the old man right it's kind of old hairy dude with right. a gold necklace or something and he's you know got the you know the the 15 16 year old girl mm -hmm. that he's messing around with or something like that but it is interesting like you mentioned that nowadays you have a lot more stories of the the cougar, right? You know, right. Yeah, it's right. the word that they coined. Yeah, for yeah, absolutely, yeah. the cougar. And now you have whole genres of pornography that are just on that alone, right? And um, you know, so you could see how, you know, the question is, is, uh, uh, you know, you know, are, are the thought is, is that pornography is just a reflection mm. of already what's going on in the real world, right? Where some people will say, oh, well, pornography is not really real. Well, maybe it's more real than you think it is, right. you know, and um, and so there's there's something to think about there anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Now, getting kind of to the meat of this guy's point. So yeah. we're talking about a minor attracted or a pedophile or, you know, like yeah. we are talking like I said, that's a broad like so that's all we're trying to get at right now. Is yeah. That's a broad word. It that's could right. Refer to a guy who's into. 17 year olds you know, right 16 17 year olds right uh same with a girl it could be someone who's just into that teenage youthful kind of stage of life that's true uh but it could also refer since it's a broad word it could also refer to somebody who's attracted to five-year-olds and i think again if we're really talking honestly there's a big difference <laughs> even though our justice system doesn't see it that way which might be a problem there is a big difference between somebody who is corresponding like a 25 year old corresponding with a 16 year old and a 25 year old talking to a five year old mm. um, and and getting sexually explicit pictures from them and things like that. There's a very, very big difference when we would talk about um, uh, a type of perversion and a type of damage that's being done uh, in the differences where, you know, uh, uh, even in our culture, when you're 17 years old as a, as a female or as a male, you're pretty much all the way developed. You're you're all the way there you're pretty much, you're already an adult. You're able to make adult decisions at that point. There is a big difference between that 17 year old and that five year old. So yeah, there's a big problem with our language when it comes to that and our legal system, I think when it comes to that, but even going into his ideas. So let's just kind of delve into his ideas a little bit. Yeah. Kind of the distinctions, the distinctions. Um, so he talks about, this is where he's getting the backlash. He did all this research about abuse to children. And this is his main point. This is what he was getting flack for. He says, okay, there are people in our culture, in our society right now, who are attracted to minors. That's a fact, right? They are attracted to minors. Some of them kind of exclusively, right? Kind of exclusively, they are attracted to minors. And he doesn't talk about it here, but I'll talk about it. This is actually bigger in the gay community than it is in the heterosexual community, meaning it's even more acceptable in the gay community. Even guys like Leonard Nimoy, uh, who played Spock <laughs> in Star yeah. Trek, he, in his biography, talks about being se having sex with uh, an adult man when he was 14. And he, in the book, he's not depicting this as rape or molestation. He's depicting it as, uh, he puts it as an older mentor guiding him into the gay community. That's how he looks at it. And there's a lot of that within uh, the gay community. That kind of thing happens a lot. 
Now, uh, not not getting into that, but that that is something to be aware of. Now, when he's talking about, it, he's like, okay, there are people out there that are attracted to minors. If we don't address it right on, and we just look at it and we say, this is bad, this is evil, this is wicked, then what happens is these people have no choice but to repress these desires and to have no way of actually interacting with people about their desires, and therefore he argues they become more and more likely to act out on those desires because they have no positive way of communicating about them. Meaning they're not able to come to somebody and say, I have these desires. I know they're wrong, but I have them. Can you help me? Right. They have no avenue to do that. And so since they don't, they end up acting on them. So what do you think about that point? So he and by the way, he's getting blown up about this because people are like a lot of Christians, a lot of conservatives are like, no, like that's bad because, you know, if we're starting to destigmatize pedophilia, then what we're really saying is that pedophilia is right. It's okay, It's moral and we should be defending. People. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of look at it like this biblically is that um, we all have uh, the capability of anything. And so pedophilia, I first have to start start it with the idea is pedophilia is not absent from me. It's not something that's detached from myself. It's something that very much could be within me. And really, I have to really kind of go, it is within me hmm. to do that. Right. Um, it's not something without. It's not something just for that person over there. Right. But it's something I certainly can do. Now, um. And this is cool, too. We This is proved. When you have a societal taboo, when something... So if you're listening to Bo and you're like, whoa, not me, you know, that's, uh, that's not... When you have a societal taboo, this is something that's been proved by sociologists throughout the ages, right? If you have a societal taboo and it's strong, right? These are strong push to say, this is gross, it's disgusting, it's evil, it's wicked. What happens is people very young learn how to fight those thoughts off and by the time they're fully developed they stop having them they go away for the vast majority of people uh and if you're like that's kind of weird i don't believe that well let's talk about incest right incest again practiced throughout time sisters uh sister and brother yeah first cousins uncles aunts right that kind of thing was very normal the only real taboo that was in most cultures is parents with their kids and even in most cultures that was not even the case but, uh, you know, think about this for a second. When we look at those cultures, that means that these people, a vast majority of them, were attracted to their near relatives. So why is it that that's not very prevalent within our society? Because we have a strong cultural taboo against incest, which teaches people to fight it very young to the point where they may not even remember that they had those thoughts. And now that they're fully developed, they don't have them anymore. Right? But... These are things that happen, and I would say pedophilia is kind of the same way. Since we have such a strong cultural taboo against it, which is a good thing, by the way. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but since we have such a strong cultural taboo against it, it teaches people to more greatly fight it when it's in them so that when they are adults and they're fully developed, they stop having those thoughts pretty much, right? Yeah. A lot of people do. Anyway. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt. Uh, on the flip side, there's people that, of course, like you mentioned, still have those thoughts. And I think there's a danger, though, when you do 
uh, have a strong like no 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 you know kind of culture mm. um, and you do you can you know obviously grow up and forget about doing that because the, the incentive is is if you do do it you're toast you know the the society is against you and and that's a strong incentive you know punishment is a strong incentive <laughs> you know if you punish people for being homosexual that is a strong incentive to mm. either live underground or just give it up completely, right? you know? And sure, you don't want to think about it too much because, you know, heaven forbid, you know, if someone found out you were thinking about it, right? you know, that kind of thing. So uh, it's like, um, but, you know, to, to just understand that humanly speaking, we are capable of it. Right. And, and then the idea is, well, if we're capable of it, should we be able to allow people to share what they think hmm. and in a, in a culture that is so highly uh, uh, has such uh, highly sexual visual uh, consumables before them like we do right. then uh, why would it shock us that someone would have thoughts on younger people right and uh, and, and you don't have any moral framework to say that that's wrong and you have no normal normal even though you're saying it's wrong right Right. But but you don't have a moral framework in the culture right now of why it's really wrong. Right. Um, We don't have an idea of saying, you know what? God is against this kind of taking what you want idea. So this selfish, lustful attitude like we need to fight against that. And since you don't have that, um, you know, people are confused, but shouldn't they have a place where they can go and at least share like, Hey, this is something that I do believe is wrong. Right. Um, you know, I do want to talk to someone about it. Um, and kind of go from there. Right. Um, and, and you're saying that that's why this person, this professor's gotten so much heat because he's giving this option. Right. Right. And instead of just lumping this person into this idea of the, the pedophile, um, who's acted on it, hmm. this person's just thinking about it. Right. And, um, and, in, and, and, and I, and I got to, I got to, uh, okay. Now there's so many people that have viewed pornography. Right. And there's so many people that have gotten prostitutes. Right. Um, <laughs> what is the number? <laughs> <laughs> Astronaut. I mean, there's no way we could even calculate it. Right. But, but we know it is gargantuan. Right. Um, and I cannot imagine that uh, with so much of uh, the sexual <laughs> capabilities of hum- humans that we would somehow stigmatize uh, a person who's thinking about this. Right. Um, when how many people save their money in the United States just to take a trip over to Thailand? Right. <laughs> you right. Know? No, absolutely. I mean, that is a big deal over there. Uh, right. You have you have white European uh, or American guys usually flying over there to get underage prostitutes. Yeah, that's common. That happens yeah. all the time. Right. And, and 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 this is going on. Everywhere, I mean, right. all over. Even in the United States, there's yeah. sex Underage trafficking sex is all traffic. over the yeah. over the place. So, um, um, 
and it's not like these teenagers are being trafficked to other teenagers you know <laughs> like they're 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 being trafficked to adults right to, You're right to, to adults pre predominantly adults yes so what do you do do you do you legalize something or do you criminalize something and uh you know that's i guess one of the questions that needs to be asked right is you know what is criminal right and you know what is not right um so, so like I said, I, I think that me and Bo, and if you guys are listening, you probably hear that our view, our take on it is a little different than a lot of people. A lot of people, I think their view is if you have these kinds of desires, you shouldn't even be in our society. We should ostracize you. We should kick you out. Um, and it's not a very realistic viewpoint, meaning it's not a very, it doesn't work in reality. It would be nice, you know, if somebody like it. Okay, let me put it this way it presupposes that your desires are something that are 100% controllable. And that's just not true. And if you don't understand that that's not true for yourself, you don't fight your sin very hard, right? Yeah, and if you're, and, and I would say, let's, let's, let's play, let's play, okay, Bo the progressive right mm -hmm. now, right? Well, let's take what you just said and let's move it into the realm of bisexuality. Right. You know, okay, there was one time bisexuality was looked at as, pretty darn bad right you know there was something that was you know homosexuality was looked at as pretty bad right you know what do we do with those bisexuals out there right you know do you criminalize the act or do you not oh let's just i, I would never do that i would never be that mm. i would never do those type of things you know and um you know what's to say that this isn't intersectional like other intersectional Right. which people have pushed for by the way yeah who's yeah. to say that someone who likes that younger victimized people group, yeah. that's right that they're not just another victimized group that's part of intersectionality right and, you know i'm playing the progressive bow here right you know and that's you know how i was raised so my brain tends to easily go that direction <laughs> but you know i think like what a contradiction yeah what a bunch of you know fake leftist right what a bunch of fake you know progressives <laughs> you know Not you're very progressive yeah <laughs> if you're progressive why would you fire that professor right you know it's like you know how did you get here right like in your sexuality right well when did when did someone finally accept your bisexuality right. or your homosexuality or right. your polyandry or right. your polyamory right you know when did when did when did that get accepted right you know and uh and and aren't you a little hypocritical because some 30-year-old tends to like the 17-year-old? Right. Um, or the 15-year-old? Um, do you think that you're being just a little bit, you know, judgmental? See, I don't think, I think when, when me as a progressive judge the Christian, you know, what I'm doing is the exact same thing that I'm claiming that the Christian is doing by the, being judgmental. The progressive has to assume that they do not have a moral structure because that's what they're criminalizing the Christian for having, but they do have one. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. And they're worse because they're blind to their own moral structure. That's right. And we, they have no basis for it. They have no reason for their moral structure. Right. We're saying that we're free from moral structures of the Christian. Right. But we find ourselves doing the same exact thing. Right. So just as the Christian argues for their structure, 
They're mm -hmm. right and wrong. So we're doing the same exact thing. Right. And that's what, you know, again, I quote Nietzsche a lot because Nietzsche was so against his fellow atheist brethren because he's like, you guys are cowards. You're clinging to the remnants of Christian morality and you need <laughs> to get out. And what did he say? Very famous. If God does not exist, all things are permissible. Right. And he's saying that as an atheist. He's like, look, why is anything wrong if there is no God? You can make arguments for these are better for our survivability, but that's not morality. That's just practicality. That's just practically. That's like the idea of should I eat steak to, for dinner tonight versus a donut? There's nothing. That's not a moral question. <laughs> that's just a it's better for me question. You know, and that's what Nietzsche meant. There is no morality without God. Yeah. The, the scary part is, is when me being the progressive you know, use, uh, don't, uh, w the scary part is when I don't see that I am working within the same framework as the Christian. Right. Because at least the Christian is probably has a checks and balances within himself. Right. Because he has a, an objective truth outside of himself that he's trying to hold himself to. Right. That's checking him. Right. And he's checking himself to it. Right. Where me as a progressive, I have no outside standard. Right. I don't even know what the standard is. Right. I'm making it up as I go. Yeah. You know, and all that's producing is a form of self-righteousness that cannot be checked. Right. Nothing's there to check it. So all I can do is get with other self-righteous people like me and critique the Christian and their way, not realizing my own blinder and uh and i don't have a checks and balances system because i'm only with people who are like me that right. don't have an objective truth outside of me right so all we're working with is what we have you know our own thoughts on that the christian is wrong that we are the ones really walking in freedom and so because we don't have a checks and balances all we can move into is a totalitarian kind of idea Right. And this is what happens in street life. You know, when you look at street gang life, it doesn't become it doesn't become a democracy. Right. It becomes totalitarian. Right. And the reason why it becomes totalitarian is just for those reasons. There's right. no checks and balances. Right. When someone's making up their own morality as you go, but they yet they're criticizing the the you know, the Christian out there. Yeah. You know, those out there you know, if you don't have an outside checks and balances, all you can do is become totalitarian. And that's why in groups, even in high school or junior high, even in groups, you have the ruler of the group, you know, and it's not by vote. Mm. You know, people aren't voting for this when you're in junior high or high school. It happens naturally, mm. you know, someone exudes their will and either you conform to that or you're out. Right. Now, from the Christian perspective, so uh, I think it has a lot of good, uh, this this stage of where we're at as Christianity, what you're seeing in our culture right now is that the foundations of Christianity are being cut out. And what people in our culture that are the progressive, they're at war with themselves because part of them doesn't want the moral strictures of Christianity, but the other part of them is afraid of what that means to fully get rid of them because they see things like pedophilia and uh, the sexualization of kids and that freaks them out. They're like, I don't like that, but I don't have a basis to say why I don't like that. 
And so they really struggle with it because someone can push and they don't talk about it here, but a lot of people are pushing of like, well, let's develop ways that they can express that sexuality because they're coming from a Freudian view. The Freudian view is that whatever you're kind of naturally geared to do to like, you're stuck, you know, like if so you're if you're naturally geared to like men, if you're a guy and you're geared to like men, you're stuck. That's who you are. That's your identity. And the same thing would apply for minor attractive persons, right? Pedophiles. If you're attracted to minors, you're just stuck that way. There's nothing really we could do. So the question then becomes is how can we safely get them to utilize this? And what most people would say in our culture is they would say like what people like this would say is we need to develop animated child pornography because at least then children aren't being exploited and abused and maybe even bots. sex dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Bots like uh, minor looking sex dolls for these people to express their sexuality with. That would be the idea. Yeah. Now as a Christian, so how we look at it is we look at it in a very interesting way because some Christians are pushing back and they're going the wrong, they're going too far in that direction. And they're saying, no, 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 anyone with this desire should just be ostracized from our society that if they have the desire they're just out they should just be kicked out the problem with that is is it gives no ability for repentance and change and reconciliation and fighting the flesh yeah and those things right? are risky and those things are risky so we incur a certain amount of risk when we allow people into our society who are tempted but want to fight their flesh right want to do something different now obviously as a Christian culture, right, in the church, if someone came to me and they told me about this, the last thing I would do is allow them to be in the kids' ministry, right? But it doesn't mean I would look at them and say, you have no place here. You have no place in the church. You need to get out. You need to leave. Because if someone's coming to me, they're like, dude, I love God. I know this is a sin. I know this is wrong. But I have these desires, yeah, and this is, now this is interesting, and it's going to get from interesting to bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> so just hang on. Might already be there. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> now, I just want to say, you know, sex toys is a $15 billion industry plus. Right. Okay, you're like, what does that have to do with this conversation? Well, think about it this way. Think about it this way. Most of the toys, sex toys, are exported out of China to the world, and most of them are used by women. Um, I'm not sure what the percentages of men, women, sex toy buying is, but uh, very much the statistics on women having a sex uh, toy is pretty high. Right. And um, so think of it this way. Now, this is interesting. Now, if you're going to, if we're going to pick apart this idea of younger sex bots and this kind of thing and we're going to get into the demonization of this well i'm just going to show you just how permeated this heart is in so many people right and okay so when we when we have a uh, when we have a sex toy toy industry that is you know, exporting just one country alone, 27, like, billion dollars worth of, mer or they're receiving six twenty-seven billion dollars worth of money in exporting these goods. Right. That's what they're getting for their sales. Um, okay, so, now this is the bizarre part. Follow me, Peter. 
when it comes to just phallics in sex toys, you have all kinds. I think you see where I'm going here. You have sex toys that are um, large. Large. Yeah. <laughs> you have ones that are larger. Right. You have ones that look older. Mm-hmm. You have ones that look younger. Right. You have ones that look very smooth. You have ones that look very real. Um, and my, you have ones that are very small. Right. Now, 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 someone might be listening to this and they're going, Bo, come on. You're saying that the sex toy that I have could reveal something about what you like? And my answer is, yeah. Why not? There's a variety to choose from. It's not like it just comes in one <laughs> mold. Right. You know? There's something that people are... are and there's a reason why you chose that one that's and not a different one. That's right. There's decisions that are being made. Right. And they're being made off of something. Right. Right? Um, so they're looking at something and they're going, I like that. Right. And, and, and so... But why do you like that? And most people don't go there. Yeah, right? why? They don't think it through. Yeah, what is that about that in particular that you like? Right. And and this is and, and so you can see where I'm going with this. Right. Is like there's something happening in people's mind. Right. And is that okay? Do we ban that? Hmm. You know, is that criminal? You know, for a woman to buy a toy that looks kind of like a a kid's phallic you know very young looking very maybe small you know and I, and, and and I know people listening to this might be going well that's really pushing it too far but I don't know if it is you know I, I think it's just uncomfortable Right. You know, that, that maybe talking about something that seems so normal and decisions are made in such a normal way and it's such an acceptable way. Right. That to challenge it at all uh, seems almost wrong for me to say what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, like, hey, it, 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 does that make some sense? It's always easier for us to take one group or class of people that, exhibit something that we don't see in ourselves and demonize them because then it puts guilt away far from us. Right? Yeah. Like for instance, okay, wait, say that again. So it's easier for us to demonize a group or class of sin or evil that is far from us because then it enables us to put guilt far from us. It makes us feel self-righteous. Yeah. Cause think of it this way. All right, let me flip it the other way. Okay. A guy, an older guy, let's say he's 45 years old. He goes online, and he's looking up sex toys for himself. Instead of looking up phallics, he actually is looking up um, vagina things. Right. Uh, I don't know what they're called, but uh, I'm not a pro with that. <laughs> but uh, um, probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he's looking up these things, and he finds one that he he's attracted to. He thinks, man, that's great. 
you know, and and it just happens to be a younger looking vagina. Right. A mold of someone a who's mold. younger. A mold. Yeah, a mold. You know, and you know, uh, I- if I described that to someone, I bet you more people would be like, that's wrong. Right. You know, that's horrible. You know, and there's something, there's something I think just innately violent in our minds and in our culture about a penis going into a vagina. Like for for us, for some reason, there's something that seems wrong um, for a, a man, you know, to to do something to uh, a vagina. You yeah, know? I think it kind of stems from a, a feminist movement where, you know, the feminist movement of wanting to be equal with men. It's difficult because the way that God created sex was to put the female in the more vulnerable state because the female is being penetrated and the male is not. And there's a, there's a reason why God designed it that way. There's a, it, it is not like a male dominance thing, but it is certainly a male responsibility thing because the woman is put in that really vulnerable state. What, is, what does Peter say? Not specifically talking about sex, but he does say, husbands gives honor to your wives as to what? The weaker vessel. They're in a more vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. And you have a responsibility to protect them and take care of them. In our society, we don't even like the idea of chivalry anymore because yeah. of women's rights that a man ought to put himself in harm's way. That's why, you know, when I got out of the military, we did not allow women into the infantry until literally the year I left the infantry. Now they are allowed in there. There used to be this idea that men should protect women and their, their, uh, their, basically their, their persons, and they should put themselves in harm's way to do that. They mm. saw men should have a view that our strength should be something that we need to take responsibility for those who are weaker than us and that plays a huge role in children adults versus children we look at children we say they're vulnerable they're innocent so as adults we shouldn't take advantage of that vulnerability and that innocence but we should take our strength and our know-how and protect those who are less less put together than us that's a that's the idea that our society used to have and it's the idea that's very christian very biblical that we ought to have that that strength should be seen as a responsibility. I need to protect those who are less uh, less strong, more vulnerable than I am. And so as a Christian culture, as a Christian society, we have to look at these things and we have to understand, as you were, have been talking about, again, when you look around the world and you see how prevalent it is that people are having intimacy with people who are teenagers, right? How widespread and acceptable it is accepted and lauded it is throughout human culture we have to ask the question of you know if it is that present why in our culture are we so opposed to it and unless and for most people since they don't have a christian background they can't really point to something but as christians we can and that's why it's so valuable and i I think the key phrase that he said is he's like it's wrong he doesn't give a reason he said it's wrong to actually uh, have sexual relationships with a child but he doesn't say it's wrong to have desires about a child because he doesn't have the moral framework to say that. Mm-hmm. So this is why views like his kind of scare me a little bit. Yeah. Because if he wins, if he pushes and people are like, no, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Right. He has no moral framework to say that the, the, the will or the desire itself is bad. And I think people have this idea and there's truth and falsity here. 
that you can kind of exercise your sexuality in a non-interactive way, right? Using pornography, sex toys, and stuff like that. And therefore, you never do use it on an actual person. Well, if that desire is wrong, which is what Christianity enables us to do, Christianity enables us not just to look at acts, but at desires. That's what Jesus did on the Sermon on the Mount. If you look at a woman and you lust after her, you've committed adultery. Because we have that framework, we could look at it and say, it's wrong to indulge that desire in any way, whether it's mentally just fantasizing about it Mm -hmm. or doing something physical about it. It's wrong to indulge it in any way, and therefore you need to fight that. We have the moral framework to say that, and we also have an amazing framework to give people hope that you can fight it, that you can fight it, that you can do battle with this, and you can live apart from it in the sense that you're not indulging the temptations, but you're actively fighting them because you want to honor God in your sexuality. That's something that Christianity can do. And again, so some Christians have gone too far the other way, and they've said, no, 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 yeah, we can fight the flesh, but you can't fight your flesh because you're just broken and your desires are so twisted. They're so devious. There's no hope for you. That's not the message of Christ. But on the other end, you could say, well, you know, like it's bad for the kids. So we need to figure out a good way for you to indulge those fantasies. Right. Then then we would also look at that and say, no, 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 that's bad. You know, that's wrong. And so there's kind of a middle ground. Yeah. And that's what, that's what, you know, the cross of Christ does is it regulates it's, that's what it's doing is it's regulating uh, the person who's making the decisions. It's, it's, uh, you know, it, there's a out, again, there's that outside regulator Mm. where the person who doesn't have, uh, an outside regulator is simply regulating themselves amongst the majority, you know, uh, or with the majority. So anyway, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. But, uh, what a cool podcast, man. For sure. A lot of cool stuff and we can go for hours, but we're not (laughs) going to. (laughs) And so we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.